0: This episode features dramatizations of graphic violence and harm against minors. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Something to note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of the kappa. Today's episode combines elements from a number of Japanese legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hi, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from ParCast. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we continue our journey through Japan. Legends are everywhere in this storied land, whether scaling the windswept peak of Mount Fuji or picking your way through the sea of trees, a powerful yokai and mysterious supernatural entities could be lurking any place you look. Today we meet the Kappa, an ancient monster who's become something of a mascot in contemporary Japanese culture, appearing in children's media and parades. But the strange, scaly kapa isn't as sweet as its turtle-like form might suggest. In reality, the kapa lurks in the rivers and waterways that surround Japan's tiny villages, always hungry and always waiting to drag another victim into the water's depths. Coming up, we'll learn why you should never feed a kappa. If you're a fan of sushi, you've heard of the cucumber roll, but you may not know that in Japan they're called kapamaki, after one of the country's most famous supernatural yokai forces, the river dwelling kappa. Also known as Kawako, or Child of the River, the Kappa was created from a mix of local legends from the Japanese archipelago. It's said to dwell in river water, and its appearance is a cross between a scaled turtle and a monkey. But its most important feature is a small dip at the top of its head. That indent, or sara as it's called, is crucial, as it holds a sacred liquid that's the source of the Kappa's power. The kapa could perhaps be said to be half-alligator, half-vampire. The creature grabs its victim if they come too close to the river, drowning them, then draining them of their blood with their sharp fangs. They also love to feast on human organs, and are known to disembowel their victims in seconds. But if you find yourself to be one of the lucky few that the kapa doesn't drag into the river, it might challenge you to a duel or wrestling match instead, as they're obsessed with emulating human systems of honor and politeness. A human must keep this in mind if they have any hope of surviving, for tricking the creature into bowing and spilling some of its sacred liquid is often the only means of escape. So why is the cucumber roll named after this fearsome aquatic beast? The story goes that they're a kapa's favorite snack. After human blood, of course. Sadao was swimming when he first smelled it. It was crisp and bright, like kelp, but much better. He immediately felt hungry. He bobbed through the water, searching for that delicious treat, but he couldn't find it. The crunching sound intrigued him. How could something be soft but crunchy at the same time? It wasn't like fish or humans either. Their bones hurt his teeth. This treat sounded different, and it would be perfect. He just knew it. He poked his small head and bulbous eyes up above the water, searching for the source of the sound. Then he followed it to the shore, gingerly crawling onto the riverbank. Pebbles got caught between his webbed toes, but he didn't care. Not when that crunch was calling him. Sadal was so busy searching for the sound that he stepped on an odd white skin that was clinging to the rocks. He had no idea what creature would leave such remains. It looked like it had been carved from the body of a perfectly round creature, but each end thinned out into one long band. Sadao tried to peel the skin from his legs, but no matter how he tried to pull it, the skin stuck to the slimy texture of his body. Then he heard someone say, Do you want some help with that bag? Sadao looked up. There was a human watching. They were almost the same size, which meant the human was a small one, smaller than he'd ever eaten before. He tilted his head to the side and studied it. The human's hands were similar to Sadao's, small and muddy, though without the beautiful webs between the fingers. But this human was more vulnerable too. He didn't have a set of protective scales and a shell like Sadao. The human veins were exposed, pulsing in their neck. It would be so easy for Sadao to pull it into the water and snap its head off. It might not be as rewarding as the smell he'd been following, but a good meal was a good meal. The small human repeated the question, punctuating it with a loud bite of a thin green cylinder. Sadao's eyes widened. That cylinder smelled like the thing he'd been searching for. Sadao licked his lips. The human called himself Tayo, then reached out his hand. Sadao jumped back and bared his fangs. Tayo dropped his green cylinder to the ground in surprise. Clever human, thought Sadao. Now he couldn't reach the snack safely. Even if he hadn't been trapped by this awful bag, bending down to retrieve the food would mean spilling the precious water from his sara, the small dip on top of his head. The little human bowed to Sadao and spoke with reverence. I don't mean you any harm. I'll help, I promise. Sadao's cautious glare softened just enough for Tayo to reach forward again. He freed Sadao from the tangled bag and stood up proud of himself. Sadao bowed in thanks, careful not to spill any of the water in his sara. Tayo smiled at him, then he picked his green cylinder up and bit into it. Sadao flashed his teeth. That treat should be his. What good was the human's help when the emerald treasure still called to him? But Tayo paid Sadao's aggression no mind. He simply bowed again, took another crunchy bite, and wandered away. Sadao had never seen such audacity. At this moment, he was too puzzled to be upset, so he decided to follow the human. It hurt Sadao's feet to be on land for too long, so he slid back into the river. It would be much easier to tail the human when Sadao was free, floating in his element. As long as Tayo stayed close to the river, that is. Tayo did stay close, neglecting the forest path to the village to amble along the shore. He was headed for the wooden bridge that land dwellers used to cross Sadao's river, and he kept eating that green thing. Each bite of the tasty cylinder felt like a taunt. Sadao wanted to take it, but he didn't know how. Perhaps a duel? They would be equals in combat, in terms of size. Sadao knew he was fast, but he didn't know how Tayo moved. He wanted to observe him further, but Tayo climbed up the bridge and made his way into town, out of Sadao's sight. Sadao sighed, frustrated. The beautiful green cylinder had gone where he could not follow. He would need to find other prey. Sadao swam under the bridge to the outer edge of the village where the lanterns weren't as bright. Just above the surface, Sadao spied a fisherman bringing in his nets with his back to the water. A wide grin spread over Sadao's face. The fisherman leaned over the net, pulling debris from the ropes. Sadao sprang forward, sank his teeth into the man's legs, and dragged him into the river. The human thrashed and tried to cry out, but Sadao ripped his throat out. Blood sprayed across the water's surface. Sadow remained at the river's surface, his fangs tearing through the fisherman's flesh as the man bled out. When the man's head sunk to the bottom of the river, Sadow reached his hands down his neck and into the rib cage. He felt around with a practiced hand and pulled the succulent organs into his mouth with a satisfying squelch. Then, someone laughed from the shore. (laughs) Sadao froze, a piece of liver hanging from his yellow teeth. Tayo stared back at him from the riverbank. The little human didn't scream. He didn't cry or run. He just stood there, his face pale and unreadable. Sadao slurped the liver between his lips and swallowed. Perhaps the little human would be more helpful now that he had seen how dangerous he was. Maybe this time he would give him that crunchy snack. Sadao squinted at Tayo, but there was no sign of the tasty green cylinder in the boy's hand. Tayo followed the Kapa's gaze, realizing what he was looking for. The cucumber, he asked. Sadao nodded carefully. Cautious not to spill his sara, Tayo smiled. I can bring you one tomorrow if you like. Tayo seemed unafraid, which both excited and frightened Sadao. Sadao wasn't sure he could trust this human. Perhaps Tayo intended to lure him with the cucumber on purpose. Crafty little human. But Tayo didn't seem to want anything in exchange for his green treasure. And Sadao really, really wanted that cucumber. So he nodded again. Tayo grinned. See you tomorrow then. The boy turned around and ran back up into the village. Sadal let himself sink below the water to refill his sara and went in search of the fisherman's missing head. It would have to do until he got his webbed fingers on the delectable cucumber tomorrow. But at worst, a small human would be tasty, too. Coming up, the kappa's new friendship sours. Wayne Simmons spent 27 years undercover for the CIA. When he retired from spy work, he got a big break. Terrorism analyst on Fox News. Then he met Kent Clisby. So I'm a real CIA guy. This is total nonsense. I'm Alex French, and I'm here to figure out who's telling the truth. Was Wayne Simmons a spy, or was he nothing but a con man? Imposters is a Spotify original from Parcast. Follow and listen exclusively on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Sadal glided through the water the entire day, waiting for little Tayo to return. He was impatient. No amount of human or fish guts could fill him. He'd dreamt of that cucumber the boy had eaten, and he wouldn't be content until he could secure one for himself. As the sun reflected off the river, Sadao pulled himself up to stand proudly on the rocks, taking in its rays. The sun warmed his blood, and he drew strength from it. He would need that strength today. Tayo had shown himself to be a formidable human. While he was not as big as the others Sadao ate as prey, Tayo was smart He dropped the cucumber to the ground, rather than give Sadao the chance to steal it away. Sadao had never met a human that understood the rules of his kind so perfectly. He could not risk bending to retrieve the cucumber. The sara in his head would empty of its life-giving water, and Sadao would wither on the ground. The tantalizing bite of that green vegetable was not enough for him to risk death. He'd seen one of his fellow kappa fall to such tricks. The elder had flopped to the ground and his skin dried up. Like leaves parched for water, the old kappa's flesh lost its color before crumbling. Try as he might, Sadao couldn't shake the image of the other kappa's body, turned to nothing but dust, being swept away by the wind. It haunted him each time he heard the wooden bridge creak, or the crunch of a sandal on the rocks. Humans were flimsy, but tricky, with a surprising taste for evil. He would need to be smart to get his cucumber. He could not succumb to Tayo's manipulations. Sadow dove back into the water, relishing the cool feel as it filled his sara. He wanted it to be so full that even if he bowed and stumbled and sloshed some of it out, he'd still have a small reservoir. Sadao made his way to the quietest part of the bank where he'd first seen the little human. He circled in the shallows, trying not to look too eager. But when he heard muddy footsteps, Sadao whipped his head toward the shore and saw his prize. Tayo was holding several cucumbers. Perhaps humans weren't so bad after all. Sadao climbed from the water to the perilously uneven rocks and sand. He held out his webbed hands for the cucumbers, ready to taste his prize for the first time. But Tayo clutched them tighter. He told Sadao that they could make a trade. This was a change in terms. Sadao bared his teeth. Sadao had nothing to give Tayo. The bones and shredded skin from yesterday's corpse had already floated downstream, and he didn't own things the way humans seemed to. Nothing belonged to Sadao but the water inside his head. Sadao went back to the water, flitting down to pull soft grass from the river's bed, something green from the water to trade for something green from the surface. Tayo's lip jutted out as he studied the grass. Sadao resisted his urge to lunge for the cucumbers. He shook the grass in his hand and asked if Tayo would accept it. Tayo's eyes darted from right to left, studying him. Sadao didn't like it, it felt too much like the way he looked at his own prey. Not even a delicacy was worth that unnerving pang of vulnerability. Perhaps this was how the elder Kapa had felt as he lay on the shore, drowning in open air. He turned to go back to the water when he felt a hand on his slick shoulder. It was Tayo. He held one of the cucumbers out and nodded. Sadao mimicked the movement, careful not to slosh any of his precious water, and took two steps back. When he felt he was at a safe distance, he opened his palm and let the grass flutter to the ground. Tayo could pick it up when he liked. Tayo handed him one of the cucumbers. Sadao took his first bite. The world seemed to explode with vitality on his tongue. The cucumber was just as crisp and refreshing as he hoped it would be. It tasted like the freshest fish, the cleanest of water. It was the best moment of Sadao's life. Sadao was so transfixed by chewing his new treat that he didn't notice Tayo creeping closer to pick up the grass, which meant that he was unprepared when Tayo bumped into Sadao as he stood up. Sadao felt the slosh of the water as it fell from the sara in his head and splashed on the stone. His limbs became heavy. Despite all his plotting to keep the clever human away from him, he'd failed. Sadao dove for the water. It felt so far away. He stumbled into the shallows and filled his sara, but he still felt lightheaded, the air swimming in front of him as if he was already submerged. As he refilled his sara, the world came back into focus. Sadao turned around. Tayo stood before him, eyes as wide as river rocks. He looked ashen, the front of his hair still wet from Sadao's quick retreat. Sadao felt a thirst for blood rising in his throat. He started towards the human, but then he heard footsteps coming down the path, a large human who looked a lot like the smaller one came down the bank. He held a long, iron blade in his hand. A nata. he believed Landfolk called it. Sadow backed into the water. He needed to bide his time. He needed to plan. But then the larger human did something Sadow did not expect. He drew his blade and then he challenged Sadow. Sadao was sure that every human knew that if a kappa challenges you to combat, you are compelled to comply. But this human knew the full truth of the matter. A kappa is bound by this same code of honor. If a human challenged him, he had no choice but to accept. He now realized where Tayo had learned about his weaknesses. Sadao shivered. He knew this duel would not take place in the water as his brethren were known to demand. The challenger set the means and battlefield, and Sadao watched in horror as the large human then pointed to the bridge. Sadao had sharp teeth and mighty arms, but he did not have blades for fingers. He was facing an opponent who would be difficult for even an accomplished Kappa and Sadao was not accomplished at all. In fact, he wasn't much older than little Tayo, and this man was his very first challenger. Coming up, the Kapaz duel comes to a bloody end. Now back to the story. Sadao rose out of the water and made his way to the bridge, careful to balance his head. He could not lose his life force on a misstep, not when this large human carrying a blade had just challenged him to a duel on the bridge over his river. If Sadao's sorrow did spill, he would have to throw himself off into the river to refill it, hoping the 10-foot fall and the rocks below didn't harm him. The other human, young Tayo, stood on the shore with his hands over his mouth in surprise. Sadao faced off against the larger version of Tayo, They shared enough features that he suspected they were kin. Sadow had never had a family, having hatched and made his own way in the water, but he'd observed enough humans to understand what these close bonds were. But Tayo didn't look particularly grateful for his kin's protection. In fact, the little human looked frustrated. Tayo followed his father as he walked to the bridge, Hugging on his clothes, but the man pushed him away with a surprisingly aggressive shove. Tayo stumbled onto the muddy shore, dropping his armful of cucumbers to the ground. Sidel watched, cocking his head in confusion. He found himself feeling concerned perhaps more for the delicious cucumbers scattered in the mud than Tayo. Still, he didn't understand these humans. Sadao shook off the feeling nonetheless. He had other worries. As a young kappa, this was his first duel. Yes, he was fast and strong, but the human had his blade. Sadao looked at it nervously with his bulbous eyes. The man waited for Sadao on the bridge where Sadao would be at a significant disadvantage out of the water. Sadao was also sure the human knew about his sara. This would be difficult. The human arced his blade toward Sadao, but the kappa stepped to the side and pushed the man away. The human stumbled, swinging his sword wildly. Sadao ducked, the water in his sara sloshing precariously. The human slashed at Sadao again. This time, the blade managed to catch his shoulder, leaving a trail of green blood in its wake. Sadao cried out and pulled away, but the cruel human kept coming. Sadao took a chance and pulled the large man into a grapple, using all his strength to stop his opponent from swinging his blade. He heard the bones in the human's forearm give a satisfying crack. But then the man pushed the blade upwards, piercing one of the webs between Sadao's fingers. Sadao squealed in pain and staggered back, barely managing to keep his head level. But he was already feeling lightheaded for a different reason. Sadao had never bled before. He hadn't even known that his blood was a different color than the blood of his human prey. Now his chest and arms were slick with the sickly green liquid. He did not know how much he could lose and still survive. Perhaps he had lost too much already. Sadao's life had been relatively short, he'd been alone for almost all of it, and that had never bothered him before. And yet, as this horrible human prepared to end Sadao's life, Sadao found himself wishing he had some kin to leap in to save him like Tayo had, someone to protect him when the world made him feel helpless. The human let out a battle cry and came at Sadau again. Sadow braced, ready to attempt one more desperate grapple. But then a sound echoed on the riverbank, a resounding thunk. A large wooden oar smashed across the large human's head. He collapsed face first and rolled down the bridge to the muddy ground. Tayo lowered the oar, looking nervously at Sadao. The kappa blinked, trying to understand what the little human had done. It wasn't a fair move for a duel, but it had not been in Sadao's control. His honor was intact. What felt like an eternity passed between the boy and the kappa, The large human moaned on the ground, struggling in vain to get up. His blade lay out of his reach, half submerged in the reeds and the muck. Sadao looked at Tayo again. Then he grabbed the large human's collar to see what Tayo would do. The little human did not protest. In fact, Tayo smiled and nodded to the river, urging Sadao to take his father into it. The Kapa eyed him warily. Tayo's kin had done nothing but try to protect him, but Tayo had defended Sadao. Humans were always strange, but this one was especially puzzling. Sadao pulled the large human to the water's edge. Then he stopped and turned back. He remembered the dark glint in his eyes when he'd first seen Sadao feed on his fisherman victim. Sadao realized he and this human shared the same kind of blood hunger. Perhaps there was another deal to strike here, one where both could get what they wanted. Sadao had to concentrate to make his beak form the sounds Tayo had. Cucumber, the kappa said, more of a command than a request. Tayo nodded quickly and scooped all of them up in his little arms. The large human moaned. Sadao gestured for Tayo to wait. He dragged the large human into the water and shoved his head under. His defeated opponent sputtered as the river began to fill his mouth. Sadao sank his fangs into the man's neck. He struggled, but he was no match for Sadao now that he was back in his own domain. Sadao sucked the warm blood from the veins, then dove down to stuff the body between two rocks on the riverbed. He'd need to return soon if he wanted to enjoy the fresh organs, but Tayo was still waiting with cucumbers. Sedao poked his head from the water to look at Tayo, who was standing on the bank. The kappa commanded again, cucumber. Tayo tossed a cucumber into the water, then another, then another. Sadao gathered them up, clutching his precious treasures to his chest. He bowed low in gratitude, now that there was no risk from being on land. Tayo bowed back. Sadao gave him one more strange look, then dove back into the water to enjoy his breakfast. Every evening after that day, Sadao swam to the surface at twilight. Cucumbers always floated on the current, some with words carved into their emerald skins. Names mostly, but some prayers too. Requests for protection from the king of the river, him. Sadao loved those offerings, though he still feasted on flesh every now and then. If a tasty human foolishly spent time alone on the river, it was their own fault. But the kappa's feast wasn't always so solitary. As soon as Sadao tore into fresh, bloody human flesh, he'd hear rustling in the trees. And though it was dark, Sadao could still see little Tayo. The boy's eyes glittered in the darkness, watching, grinning, having made his trade. To this day in Japan, it's tradition to throw a cucumber into the river to appease the local kappa. Some carve their names into the skin so the creature knows who to protect, but others make a general offering on behalf of the whole community. This is often necessary, as it takes an entire community to get a kappa under control. The southwestern Japanese town of Kawachimura was home to a temple devoted to their local kappa. The shrine was even said to hold a contract actually signed by one. But this particular kappa literally bit off more than he could chew. The legend goes that the creature was feasting on villagers and livestock until it tried to get hold of a horse. The animal was far too large and strong, but the kapa held on as the horse ran out of the river and into a field. Soon it was surrounded by villagers who agreed to spare its life as long as it swore to never harm another person or animal in the village again. The kapa placed its webbed hand on a contract they drew up and has followed it ever since. Like many mythical monsters, the kappa was likely inspired by a real-life animal, the truly monstrous Japanese giant salamander, which can grow up to five feet long and live for over 70 years. This primordial amphibian has been known to emerge from the water to grab small mammals at the water's edge. It's very possible that kapa lore is a means of keeping small children away from rivers when they're alone. If they don't, the legends warn, they could become lunch for a hungry kapa. But these beasts aren't always murderous. Kapas are also credited with teaching humans the art of bone-setting, only after being beaten in a contest of honor, of course. Nowadays, however, the kappa's image is far friendlier. The monster appears in manga, video games, and even in children's cartoons, and they've inspired not one but three Pokémon. Their image is used to sell everything from sake to credit cards. But don't let the good manners fool you. A kappa is always hungry, and you may be in for a nasty surprise if you meet one. Unless, of course, you've got a cucumber handy. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode about another Japanese beast. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil DeRitter and Jennifer Richey, with writing assistance by Alex Garland, fact checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson.